You are listening to the Point Harbor Church Podcast. Experience a place where you can grow in your faith, connect with others, and discover the story God has for your life. For more resources, visit us online at pointharbor.com. Good, good spirits. I love that song. It's Bill, Bill and Gloria Gaither, I think, right? Yeah. Because he lived. Yeah, man. Back going old school. Uh, hey, we have um, out, uh, I don't know how long they're going to have them available. These Acts notebooks, it's just notes for you to take on this series of Acts we're in. We're going to be in it for uh, most of this year, actually. And uh, so they are out there. I was thinking... Um, about notebooks, I'm a note taker. Some of you are, some of you aren't, and that's cool. You know, however God's wired you. But um, I have on my shelf my notebook from 1959 when I was in the Navy. Yeah, I write real small, especially back then when I could see. And I looked, and the first note I actually took was October 29th, 1979. If you've been around here a while, that's eight days after I trusted Jesus. And I, started, I thought, wow, that's cool. Started taking notes just after I trusted Christ. So the first one was on First Peter, submit yourselves to your leaders. Oh, man. And uh, <laughs> then on Angels Wednesday night, back we had in Sunday school, the whole nine yards. So you can do that even cooler in these, I think they're uh, 10 bucks out there. Unless you serve here, then it's free. All right, so uh, avail yourselves. I don't know how many more they have of those. Turn in your Bibles to Acts chapter number four. That is, you're like, oh man, I don't have a Bible. Well, we have you covered. We have a Bible somewhere in front of you, hopefully in the seat racks. Let me ask you this, all right, because we got a comment. Now, all right, be honest. Can you see to write notes in this? All right, all the old people said no. All right, how many, all right, turn the lights up just a little bit so I can see you, because I got these lights right in my face, all right? Turn the lights up, lights up, lights up, lights. Are the lights coming up? It's my cataracts. There you go. All right, well, we don't want that much, because then we can see each other, and that's scary. All right, how many of you, now be honest, all right, don't just vote next, like your partner or whatever. Uh, how many of you can see to, like, normal when we have, you can see to right? Okay, all right. How many of you can't see to write? Okay, oh wait, okay, all right. All right, okay. All right, Barbara, is that you? Um, so, all right, turn it up a little higher than we have normal setting, okay? And we'll, 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 we'll feel that out, okay? Because somebody wrote last week. <laughs> huh? Well, it wasn't an email, it was a review. We do reviews. And they're like, turn the lights up! So I'm like, okay, all right, man, all right. So, all right, where was I at? Oh, Acts chapter four. There's a Bible in front of you, should be in front of you somewhere if you don't have a Bible, blue Bible in the seat rack, and that is our gift to you. Put your name in it, bring it back when you come back next week. In that Bible, it's uh, page 1009, okay? And while you're turning there, we had a homegoing of a faithful uh, man of God. Many of you know Pastor Fry from uh, Biltmore Baptist Church. Uh, he was like 89 years old. He had been in the 82nd Airborne uh, in, in World War II, which I did not know. I didn't know that about him. He had served over there at, at uh, 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 Biltmore Baptist for like 60-some years and so some of you were saved or baptized under his ministry, uh, and he's, he meant a lot to you. So 
Anyway, pray for his family and our brothers and sisters over at Biltmore, okay? And the funeral's tomorrow, all right? So great guy, and, and one who is faithful to do what we're talking about today. Today, I'm speaking on Jesus, the proclaiming that profaned and powerful name. And the, and the text is Acts 4 and verse 1 through 22, because there's a place on your, your handout or your notes to write the main text, all right? So if you're there, say, I'm there. All right, that was kind of pathetic. All right. All right, if you're there, say I'm there. Oh, it's better, it's better. Okay, okay. All right, you just shy this morning. All right, Acts 4 and verse 1. And, and as they were speaking to the people, the, the priests and the captains of the, I guess I should give you the context here. All right, so the context is, is, is Peter and, and John are headed to the temple at the hour of prayer. There's three hours of prayer uh, for the Jews back then, nine o'clock, noon, and three o'clock. Actually, Islam does that thing nowadays. They got it from the Jews, actually. Um, but these folks, this church has started. They're, you know, just kind of following tradition, going to the, the third hour of prayer. And here's this lame beggar. He's never walked. He, he wants some spare cash, anything from folks who are coming in and out of the temple. It's how he makes his living. And for 40 years, it's been his daily grind. Ever since he's known anything, that's the only way he has to make money, just begging. And that would stink. And, and Peter and John say to him, sorry, dude, don't have any cash, but in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk, and bam, instant healing, instant healing, witnessed by hundreds if not thousands, people come running, you know, because this is just amazing. Peter sees an opportunity to preach Jesus, so he lets loose, and that's where we pick up the story. So Peter's been preaching, and as they were, this verse one again, as they were speaking to the people, the priests and the captain of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them, greatly annoyed because they were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus. Now, every time in this text when I uh, see Jesus or what the name of Jesus, proclaiming in Jesus, I've highlighted it in yellow and, and circled it, all right? Because that's the theme coming through. Proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And they arrested them, Peter and John, and put them in custody until the next day, for it was already evening. They probably all arrested the dude that got healed too. Uh, you'll see that in a second. But many of those who heard the word believed, this, the sermon Peter was preaching, the number of men came to about 5,000. And that's just the men. So probably with the wives and kids, it's around 20,000 now. This church has turned into a mega church. And on the next day, the rulers and elders and scribes gathered together in Jerusalem with Annas, the high priest, and Caiaphas, and John, and Alexander, and all who were of a high priestly family, all the muckety-mucks. And when they had set them in their midst, or the midst, they inquired, by what power or by what name did you do this? Then Peter filled with the Holy Spirit, important, said to them, rulers of the people and elders, if we're being examined today concerning a good deed done to a crippled man, by what means this man has been healed, let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, let me just get in there, Chile, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man is standing before you well. Now, they hated it for several reasons, but all, mainly the priests at this time were the Sadducee party who did not believe in what? The resurrection. And so Peter's just, this Jesus, 
is the stone who was rejected by you, the builders, which has become the cornerstone. And there is salvation, you gotta underline this whole verse, in no other name, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. One of the main classic passages of the Bible. Now when they, these priests and dudes, saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated, common men, just regular peeps, not schooled, they were astonished. And look, look, I love this. And they recognized that they had been with Jesus. But seeing the man who was healed standing beside them, they had nothing to say in opposition. But when they had commanded them to leave the council, they conferred with one another. Then they got together saying, what, what should we do with these men for that a notable sign has been performed through them is evident to all of the inhabitants of Jerusalem. And we cannot deny it. We want to, but we can't. But in order that it may spread no further among the people, let us warn them to speak no more to anyone in this name. And they called them and charged them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered them saying, whether it's right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than to God, you must judge for we cannot but speak of what we have seen and heard. And then when they further threatened them, they let them go, finding no way to punish them because of the people. For all were praising God for what had happened. For the man on whom the sign of healing was performed was more than 40 years old. And most of them knew him and had ignored him every day going to worship. So that is the, the text there. Names are important. Names are important. Now, some of you, I love you, but I, it, it is, I have a tough time. We have, I don't know, it's, it's, couple thousand people on our rolls that they call this their church. Some of them show up every week. Some of them show up, you know, on Easter. But <laughs> so anyway, and then trying to, trying to remember the names. And then, it's, you know, when I see you here and I work on your names, I usually, if you're married, I, I try to memorize your names together. So if I see one of you in Walmart, I'm totally stumped, you know, because you're out of context. <laughs> and so you're like, hey, Pastor, hey, you. So... But names are important, right? And we love to hear our own names. We do. We do. My favorite professor at Liberty University, was he was a good professor, but he was my favorite professor because one time I went to his, I had a question on something he was teaching, and we have a class of about 200 students, and he opened the door and he goes, hey, John, how are you? And I'm like, he became my favorite professor, just like that, because he knew my name. Now, names are important. Hopefully... Your parents put a lot of thought and prayer into your name, you know, and you parents do it with your kids, right? Hopefully, yes. You go into those baby books and see what it means, which is important. And, and, and I think you did because I, I checked our database. I really did yesterday. I, I checked our database. And you know what I found? Not one Hitler here. <laughs> no little Pastor John. Look at this. This is my new baby, Hitler Jr. No Osama bin Laden's. So we're doing good on names, right? This passage is all about a name, and specifically the name. Five times it mentions the name, the name of Jesus, the name of Jesus. And there's one name that is mo the most important name in your life, and it isn't your name. It isn't your name. And in my life and in your life, that most important of names is either going to be proclaimed or profaned. And Christians can profane the name of Jesus too. You're like, well, how so? How so, John? Look at this on, on Acts, in Acts 4. On the next day, the rulers and elders and scribes gathered together in Jerusalem, and when they, this is after the healing, 
And when they'd set them in the midst, they inquired by what power or by what name, what name did you do this? How did you do this? Where did you get this authority? And so that's the first, but we got four points today. Big point number one, by what name? That's the cry of a lost world. By what name? In, in Acts 4, 7, again, drilling down on it, he says, by what power or by what name did you do this? They knew there had to be an authority. There had to be a power behind because these dudes are just common dudes, right? They got no power past the next guy. And it, so it means on whose authority did you do this miracle that we can't explain away or gaslight away? It's the cry of a lost and dying world. What name has real power for real life change? And a lot of us are confused, even in this room. Some of you, you know, you, you, you maybe the name of some politician, you know. Some of you are trusting in the name of a politician or a political party. And you're like, come on, John. I mean, nobody, you know, I don't think anybody thinks that a politician or a political party is going to get them to heaven. Maybe not to heaven. But, but some of you do trust in the name of some politician or some political party to bring you heaven on earth. That's what you're trusting in. Others of you are trusting in the name of a religion. Some of you, you know, I'm a Catholic, John. Okay, and? <laughs> I'm a Methodist. I grew up in a Lutheran church, but not those weirdos. We're Missouri synods. We're the good Lutherans. I'm a Jehovah Witness. I'm apostolic. Others people nowadays, more and more people are just saying, I'm really a spiritual person. What does that mean? What does it even mean? Now, hang on. I'm going to blow some of your paradigms. Talk about names. What name has real power for real life change? Sometimes, not even, a name that doesn't work sometimes is the name Christian. It does not have the power. You're like, what in the world? I can't believe a pastor's saying that. Stick with me. Some of you, you name the name of Christian, Christianity, but you're lost. You don't, you don't have the Christ of that Christianity. All you've got is a name. And so you walk around. I mean, for 19 years, I wasn't a Christian. I never trusted Jesus as my Savior. But if you asked me, what's your faith? I'd have said, Christian. I'm a Christian. That's what I am, man. Going to heaven? Sure. Why? Because I'm a Christian. Didn't have Jesus. Had a lot of Sunday school, a lot of VBS. Had catechism. So application, you have a box for application in the back if you want to keep track. I've got to personally get the name right. I've got to personally get that name right. Personally. Now look, Acts 4 and verse 8. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, so they're like, Whoa, what name, what name? Rulers of the people and elders, let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of who? Say it louder. Jesus, but Jesus what? Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead. By him, this man is standing before you well. By what name? I love the question, at least the framing of it. It's not a question searching for belief, though. You know, it's a question of befuddlement from these rulers. They're not seeking for answers that are real. They're, they're seeking for affirmation of their religious assumptions, which leads us to big point number two. What name this name? Jesus Christ of Nazareth. This name. And by the way, not just Jesus. Not just Jesus. Not just any Jesus. What do you mean? Not just any Jesus. Back in this day, Jesus was a very common name. In this day, there were a bunch of Jesuses running around. It's like, you know, Bill or Jim or Tom. There's a bunch of them all over the place. And, and there are a lot of them walking around. You walk through a marketplace, you're going to bump into probably at least three different Jesuses. 
And so there are three Jesuses mentioned, different Jesuses mentioned in the New Testament other than Jesus Christ. And even today, even today, we have Jesus here. You're like, well, I know, John, we have Jesus here. No, 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 I mean, we have him in the flesh. You're like, you're getting weird. We have Jesus in the flesh. His name is Jesus. Why? What do you mean? We have a Hispanic ministry, El Salvador, Hampton Roads, and we got this new dude, Jesus, which is spelled J-E-S-U-S, Jesus. So we have Jesus here, just not that Jesus will save you. I'm sure that Jesus is an amazing guy. I, haven't, I don't think I've met him yet. But so, but so my point is, there were just a lot of Jesuses running around. You got to get the right one. In 2 Corinthians, he lays it out, Paul lays it out. He says, I'm afraid that your thoughts will be led astray from a sincere and pure devotion to Christ. Why, Paul, why? For if someone comes and proclaims another Jesus than the one that we have proclaimed, the real Jesus, or, or if you receive a different spirit from the one you received, or if you accept a different gospel from the one that you accepted, you put up with it readily enough. And Paul says, you're putting up with this crap and these other Jesus, other gospels, other spirits, which aren't going to save you which aren't going to, 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 to bless you. And Paul's point is, just because you say that you're a Jesus follower doesn't mean you're following the right Jesus. You can follow Jesus all day long. There are other Jesuses, even today. Jesus made up in the minds of so-called scholars and preachers and so-called Christians. They're, 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 what do you mean, John? Well, there's homeless Jesus. Every time around Christmas, oh, just, just frost me. Homeless Jesus. You get some person on a talking head on TV, some scholar, some, you know, person, and they're like, well, Jesus, they're trying to make a point about homelessness. You know, Jesus was homeless. They were homeless, and they were out there, you know, in the inn in Bethlehem. No, they had a home up in Nazareth. But they had to go to the census to register, right, to, to be taxed or the census. And so, and then all of the, you know, Motel 6s were full. So they had to, you know, sleep in this little barn. They weren't homeless, they just were away from home. But they're trying to make a point with homeless Jesus. There's also <laughs> socialist Jesus. Jesus. Just got this idea, try to make your, you know, Jesus a socialist. Peace man. And there's communist Jesus out there. LGBTQ Jesus. There is. You go online. I, I was going to use a picture, but it was just kind of offensive. And I thought, nah. You know, I'm not going to do that. So we'll stick with socialist Jesus. But, but none of these Jesuses are the Jesus of the Bible. Not one of them. They're all another Jesus. A powerless Jesus. A perverted Jesus. Application. Am I worshiping Jesus the creator or the Jesus I've created? Am I worshiping Jesus the creator or the Jesus I've created in my mind? Or somebody has created for me. Better be worshipers of the real Jesus. Your earthly blessings and your eternal destination depends on you getting this right. Amen? Well, that's pretty narrow. That's almost bigoted thinking, John. Narrow? We'll get narrow. Paul, I mean, Peter says, let it be known to all of you. He's not, he's not apologizing for this. And to all the people of Israel, that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him, this man is standing before you well. And then he just drills down. This Jesus, this one. 
is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders, which has become the cornerstone. And there is salvation in no one else. For there's no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be what? Saved. That's talking about kept out of hell. Number three, only his name, only his name can save. Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the exclusive name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. There's salvation in no one else, no other name. Not in the name of Point Harbor Church. Not in the name of your denomination. Not in the name of your godly mama. Not in the name of your church attendance. Not in the name of your baptism. Not in the name of your tithing. Corporations nowadays and denominations are all about inclusivity. It's all inclusivity, D-E-I. It's everywhere, diversity, equity, inclusivity. Oh, John, don't go there. Oh, I'm going there. Hang on, hang on, hold on. Salvation, listen to me now. Salvation is not at all inclusive. It is very exclusive. He says in verse 12 again, verse 12, there is salvation in no one else. That's pretty exclusive. There's no other name under heaven given by which we must be saved. No other name. That means there's only how many? One. One. That's pretty narrow-minded, John. Yep, it is. Now wrestle with another one. Jesus' words. These were Peter's words. This is Jesus' words. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father, heaven, except through me. No one. What does no one mean in the Greek? No one. It means not one. You have to get this right. You have. Some of you don't have this right. I didn't have this right for years. If you don't have a relationship with the Jesus of the Bible, you don't have a relationship with the God of the Bible. And if you don't have a relationship with the God of the Bible, you'll never enter into the heaven of the Bible. And if you don't enter into the heaven of the Bible, you will spend eternity in the hell of the Bible. Application. Am I on the broad religious road that leads to hell or the narrow road that leads to heaven? He says, broad is the way that leads to destruction. Man, most, most people are going there, most religious people. You know what hell is filled with? Hell is filled with religious, sincere people. Religiously sincere people. They were sincere, but they were sincerely wrong. You can be sincere and take a medicine that is the wrong medicine. You're sincere as the day is long, but it'll still poison you. And some of you are taking a medicine, whatever it is, whether it's your good works, whether it's some denomination, whatever, you've been taking that religious medication thinking it's going to heal you and it's going to kill you. Which leads to point number four. Only his name is unstoppable. Only his name is unstoppable. Cancel culture always has and always will come after Jesus Christ. Cancel culture, they had it back then. Acts chapter 4, <coughs> verse 15, the council conferred with one another saying, what should we do with these men? I mean, they already killed Jesus, right? They thought that was done. But no, here are these dudes. For a notable sign has been performed through them. It's evident to everybody, to all the inhabitants of Jerusalem. And, and we can't deny it, but <coughs> in order that it may spread no further among the people, let us warn them to speak no more. We're going to cancel you. We're going to shut you down to anyone in this name. Nobody. So they called them and charged them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. That'll do it. You are canceled. The pagan command always has been, talk about whatever you want except Jesus. 
You can talk about religion all day long. You can even say, God, just don't talk about Jesus. We're so inclusive, says the pagan culture. Ours today, DEI, diversity, equity, inclusion. And you say, okay, well, you guys are inclusive? Cool. All right, let me tell you all about my Jesus. No, 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 we're, we're inclusive except about that Jesus stuff because that's narrow. You know, you, you all think you're the only ones getting to heaven through your Jesus. And you're like, well, guilty as charged, true. And, and I want y'all to come to heaven too. So I want to tell you about my Jesus because there's only one way. So they called him, verse 18 again, they called him and charged him not to speak or teach at all. Canceled. In the name of Jesus. So that's always been the, that's always been the pagan command, talk about whatever you want except for Jesus well, John, I guess we got, you know, those were authorities. Ah, the Christ followers answer, sorry, not sorry. Acts 4.19, Peter and John answered them, whether it's right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than to God, you must judge, for we cannot but speak of what we have seen and heard. What is this? This is the chain of command and God, dudes, is higher than you. We're supposed, to, we're supposed to respect our leaders, but guess what? God is higher on the chain of command than you are. If my chief in the Navy told me to do something, then my captain came up and said, no, I want you to do something else. I'm going with the captain every time. John, this world is going straight to hell. Straight to hell. Things are so bad nowadays, man. I just don't see any hope, man. I don't see any hope. Let me help you. Jesus wins. <laughs> Jesus wins. Only his name is unstoppable. Communism is not unstoppable. The whole movement of LGBTQ plus, 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 plus is not unstoppable. Racism is not unstoppable. There's always been cancel culture. Always. There's always been gaslighting. Back in the Garden of Eden, Satan was trying to cancel God's plan. Gaslight Eve and Adam. He was pretty effective up to a point. We preach and teach and proclaim the Christ of the Bible. And it's getting more and more and more unpopular, amen? Churches are getting woke. Some of you are here because your church went woke. They started just, you know, getting all politically correct and stuff, trying not to offend people. Big name preachers are falling into the woke mess. Two of them that I just heard about recently, I'm like, dudes, dudes, man, I went to your conferences. The pressure's on from the pagans. But sorry, not sorry, my, my answer is Peter's answer. Whether it's right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than to God, you must judge for we cannot, cannot but speak of what we have seen and what we have heard. I'm gonna obey God before I obey you. That goes for anybody. So John, how do we defend the word of God? I mean, we gotta defend the word of God, man. Word of God's under attack. How do we defend it in this increasingly paganized culture? You don't need to defend it. I love what Spurgeon used to love to say, the word of God can take care of itself and will do so if we preach it. It's like a caged lion. They have caged him for his preservation, shut him up behind iron bars to secure him from his foes. See how a band of armed men have gathered together to protect the lion. Oh, fools, slow of heart, open a door, let the lion out. Let the lion out. God says, my word is going to accomplish that for which I sent it. So what, is, what are we to do? We're to let it out. Let the lion out. But many of you, you're just, you got it in a cage 
in your heart, you're scared too for one reason or another. On my duty station, how does this, okay, how does it apply, John? On my duty station, when somebody asks me why I don't run around with them and get blitzed and, you know, run around after knockoff ships work, I'm going to tell them because I've been saved by Jesus. I'm going to say that. I'm going to say I've been saved by Jesus. I'm going to mention his name. No matter who likes it or who doesn't. No matter how popular or unpopular it makes me. I double dog dare you. Over at Walmart, when I see some little widow or a single mama, on, you know, having to take stuff off of the conveyor belt because she can't afford them in this economy, I'm going to pay for them in the name of Jesus. And tell her why. Not just because I'm a good dude, not because I'm a good Samaritan, but because I got a good Savior. In my church, when Shelby or Johnny and the gang ramp up the Jesus honor and music, I'm going to take that opportunity to praise my Jesus. And in my family, when the pagan side of my family, we all have one, starts cursing the Savior's name, Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ, I'm going to start answering, you're calling on Jesus. Is he your Lord and Savior? He's mine. I was saved in the name of Jesus. How about you? Double dog dare you. Application, am I going to obey cancel culture or the crowned Christ? You can only obey one. Am I going to bow to the name of Jesus or bow to Satan's cancel culture? Well, John, I don't think I can stand up. For, honestly, if you want me to be honest, I don't think I can stand up for Jesus like that. Agreed, you can't. <laughs> you cannot. He's, he, though, working in you and through you, can We've been looking at this over the last few weeks. So what do I do? I need to spend time in his presence. I need to spend time in his presence. In verse 13, when they saw the, I love this, the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated common men, they were astonished and they recognized that they had been with Jesus. That's the only thing that explained it. The only thing explained it. Some of them were probably, they recognized Peter probably. You know, he was the dude who had denied Jesus before publicly, three times, profanely denied Jesus. And now that same dude, Peter, is standing here with his big boy pants on. What's the difference? Dude's been changed because dude's been with Jesus. That's the problem with some of you. You don't spend much time with Jesus. And it shows. Peter had been transformed, emboldened, changed. Well, how do I spend time in his presence? You know most of you, you know. Just a lot of us don't do it. We gotta spend time in God's word. That's why I'm challenging you to read with us through the New Testament this year, right? It's, it's, it's not that tough to do. It'll take you maybe five, 10 minutes, a stinking day. Everybody has five, 10 minutes. Everybody, you can listen to it. You can listen to it from you version, this 365 plan, New Testament plan. You can listen to it. It'll take you three minutes, five minutes tops. A lot of you just don't do it because you've got other priorities and then you wonder why your life's screwed up. We've got to spend time in God's word. We've got to spend time with God's people. If I practice, if I spend time in his presence and I've got to spend time in prayer. And most of us, like we talked about this last week, our prayer lives suck. They suck. And, and then you have not because you ask not. That's not my words. That's Jesus' words. John, I have needs. How much have you prayed? Show me your prayer time. How much time? Oh, I'm so busy. Okay, then go without. Don't come looking for sympathy. If you ain't going to do it Jesus' way. Amen? Some of you need to put the big boy, big girl pants on. 
and quit whining and moaning and start talking to your Savior and start seeing your answers, the prayers answered. That's rough. No, that's just Bible. Some of you, we've coddled you too long. <laughs> I need to spend time in his presence and I need to be filled with his power. In seven and eight, when they'd set them in the midst, they inquired, by, by what power, what name did you do this? And so Peter filled with the Holy Spirit. He's doing it in the Holy Spirit's power. And the Holy Spirit, when you are full of the Holy Spirit, it's not this big ecstatic thing, oh, I can't wait to all, you know, get tongues or whatever. No, 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 that's not the main point. The main point is you get boldness. Because it's not you anymore. It's God through you. His Spirit's power. Filled with the Holy Spirit. We looked at this last week, so I'm not going to rehash it. Go back and look at it last week online. I ask for his filling daily. I do that. I talk to you about that. Ask for his filling daily. Every time when I get up, first thing I do is, is to say, Holy Spirit, good morning. <laughs> How you doing? He's always doing good. And I, I, I ask you to fill me with your Holy Spirit's power, with your power. I ask your filling because I don't want to walk in the flesh today. I got a whole new day, and I don't want to walk in the flesh. And Lord, I want a war in your power too. The Bible says, and, and, and you can write down um, Luke, Luke uh, 11, I think it's the verse somewhere around 17, 19, talks about asking, asking, asking. It says, how much more will he give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? The Holy Spirit's filling. And then rightly order your whole self daily. Be filled with his power, rightly order your whole self we looked at this. I don't have a lot of time to deal with it, but this is not a snowman. This is you. All right? And so what, you, what do you do? If you're saved, you got your spirit. You remember before your, before, well, let me do them all, soul, body. All right? And that's how most of us are ordered. And if you don't have Jesus here, your spirit is what? Dead. But when you trust Christ, the Holy Spirit comes in and gives you a resurrection. And now you have the Holy Spirit living in you. But, and it's cool, starts changing some things, but you still have problems. And because these are fighting, the body and the spirit are fighting God's will and your will. My desires, my lusts, my wants, whatever. And so. <laughs> no, what do you do? You reorder it. What's on top? Spirit, your spirit, all right? Holy Spirit's living inside you, and then your soul, which is your mind, your volition, your will, your emotions, and what's at the bottom? Body. I have a verse that I started, I memorized, I've been memorizing verses since we went through our series last year, was it last year, the 36, 36, most important in my thought, uh, uh, verses for a Christian that they've got to, got to, got to know, and one that I have been just hammering myself on here recently is 1 Corinthians 9. You can write this down, and what verse is it? Yeah, in verse number 26, I do not run aimlessly, 26 and 27, 1 Corinthians 9, I do not run aimlessly. He's using a, a boxing illustration in an athletic illustration, and he's talking about how you have to train, all right? Let, let me jump back up to verse 24. Do you not know that in a race, all of the runners run, 
but only one receives the prize. So run that you may obtain it. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, just this little thing they put on their head, but we an imperishable. So I do not run aimlessly. I don't box as one beating the air. I'm not just shadow boxing, man. I'm in the ring, but I discipline my body. And that Greek word is actually beat. I beat my body and keep it under control. That Greek word is actually make it my slave. Lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. That's the body, putting the body here. That's not masochism. That's not spiritual masochism. But that is, all right, body, guess what? You're not in charge anymore. The problem with many of us here, you might be Christian on your way to heaven, but your body's in charge. Your body's at the top. And so you just give in to all of your desires, whether your desires is cocaine, whether your desires is a buffet, you know, all of these desires, sex, you, you give that sex is good in its proper place. What is the proper place for sex? Help me. Marriage, boom. Okay. God says, go at it. Enjoy. Woo! But not married, stop it. Stop it, stop it, stop it. I can't help myself. It's because you're not rightly ordered. You get the spirit on top. Then his spirit tells my spirit. This is from God the Father. His spirit, God tells the spirit of God. The spirit of God tells my spirit what to do. My spirit tells my soul what to do. And my soul tells my body, suck it up. Suck it up. This is how you lose weight. This is how you get good habits. This is how you break bad habits. This is why some of us are so miserable. It's because our body is calling the shots. We're going to heaven, but we're screwed up. We're out of order. So God says, get rightly ordered. My spirit telling your spirit what to do. Your spirit telling your soul what to think. Your soul telling your body where to go and where not to go. Then... I need to display his proofs. Acts 4, in verse 14. But seeing the man who was healed standing beside them, they had, nothing, <laughs> they had nothing to say. Why? Because they saw the dude, and the dude was probably still there because the dude probably was arrested with them, and so they just pulled him out of jail the next day. But they saw him, they were just like, oh man, I need to display his proofs. Changed lives. Changed lives. I walked in here into this church uh, 45 years ago, a sinning, stupid, selfish sailor. And now, 45 years later, I'm your pastor. How does that happen? Through the name and the power of Jesus. John and Kathy Gallahorn, <laughs> super intellectual, super lost sinners, came into this church because of an Easter invitation. Now, years later, John's our treasurer and Kathy's in charge of Point Harbor preteens. How does that happen? Through the name and the power of Jesus. Jose Morelos ran for his life. Many of you don't know this because the government of Colombia was going to kill him because he was a Marxist rabble rouser. Now he's our pastor of missions. How did that happen, pray tell? Through the name and the power of Jesus. Carnell James... <laughs> Big time sinner. <laughs> now Carnub, he came into here. Big time sinner. Now he's back. You know they're worshiping and 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 and, and getting in my face about the men's beast feast. John, I'm bringing my my buddies, my unsaved buddies and relatives. You got to give them the gospel. They need Jesus. How does that happen? Through the name and the power of Jesus. The name of Jesus, what does it mean, man? I don't understand the name of Jesus. Sure you do. It means by the authority of, and will of Jesus. If I send one staff member and they say, hey, Pastor John wants this, they're coming in my name. 
by the power and the spirit of Jesus. It means what Jesus would do if he were physically here. That's what the name of Jesus entails. And now look at this, look at this track with me. Uh, In the name of Jesus, I'm saved through his name. I'm baptized in his name. I serve in his name. This is all Bible scriptures. I don't have time to give you. I stand against Satan in his name. There's healing in his name. I have spiritual power in his name. Demons are cast out through his name. We do missions in his name. I'll be hated and suffer for his name. I get my prayers answers in his name. But, 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 I can misuse and misappropriate his name. What do you mean? Scariest verse, I think, in the Bible, at least one of five. Jesus talking. Who's talking? Jesus talking. You know, Jesus, a lot of people think, oh, he's just a God of love, and he loves us so much, and he hugs bunnies, and he talks about unicorns. Jesus. Who's talking? On that day, talking about the judgment day, many will say, how many? Many will say to me, Lord, Lord. So they're, they're not Buddhist. They're talking Lord. They're calling Jesus their Lord. Did not we prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and, and do many money works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. What were these people? They had misappropriated, misused his name. They didn't have Jesus. They just had the name Christian. They did, but they did more stuff than many of you do. I mean, they, I don't know how many of you have cast out demons this week. I haven't. Done a mighty work. Prophesy. These were people involved in ministry who did not have Jesus. They had ministry. They didn't have Jesus. How much more could some of us sitting here have Point Harbor Church, have Christianity, but not have the Christ of Christianity? And finally, 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 I and every other person in ever born will one day bow at his name. Who one day bowed his name. Philippians chapter two, I love this. Therefore God has highly exalted him, talking about Jesus, and bestowed on him the name that is above every name. So at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Every knee, every tongue. That's gonna happen. Well, I ain't going to. Yeah, you will. You just won't like it. But you ain't bigger than God and you ain't bigger than the angels of God. And you're gonna be forced to. Wouldn't it be smarter to do it willingly before you get to that point wouldn't that be the smart thing to do Martin Luther King Day tomorrow and, and he, he wrote in 1958 this is five years before his I have a dream speech in DC I thought this was cool and fit right in evil may so shape events that Caesar will occupy a palace and Christ a cross but that same Christ arose and split history into AD BC so that even the life of Caesar must be dated by his name yeah the name of Jesus and this 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 I absolutely love this talk about names he knows my name he knows my name John 10 To the gatekeeper, to him the gatekeeper opens the sheep, that's you and me, hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. You hearing his voice? He calls you by name. He knows everything about you.
Oh God, what's going on in my life? He knows. There's a purpose. He knows. He knows you by name. And even better, he writes my name in his book of life. Revelation. Then death and hell were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the, the end. This is the final judgment. This is the second death. The lake of fire. That's eternal. And if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. As we sit here today, there are many of you that have your name written in the Lamb's book of life. You've trusted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And there are some of you that don't. And I don't know who is who. And when we die and we're up in heaven, it's going to shock us who's there and who's not there. And then my people who I love, he wants to confess, I love this, he wants to confess my name to his father. I will confess his name before my father. I'm going to point out, hey, hey Jesus, there's Kurt. That's Kurt. Let me tell you about Kurt. Kurt's one of mine. Question. Will Jesus Christ of Nazareth confess your name to the Father? Or (coughs) will he say, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. I never knew you. Guess what? That's up to you. That is up to you. God, I pray that you would so help us to understand where we are and where we are not at spiritually. And Lord, I just, one of the scariest things as a pastor is realizing that some of my people, hopefully not many of my people, but some of my people, maybe some of my core people, some people I've done ministry with for years are going to be in that category of saying to Jesus, hey, I did many wonderful works in your name. I did all this stuff in your name. And Jesus will look at them and say, I never knew you. You had religion. You never had me. You had baptism. You didn't have me. You had giving. You didn't have me. So God, I pray right now that you would grab folks and let them realize that they have you and you have them. That they wouldn't have to worry about this because this is coming at us. It's coming at us. You promised it. So Lord, do your work. Walk up and down these aisles, Holy Spirit, and grab a hold of hearts and change destinies. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed, don't look around. We got plenty of time, by the way. Yes. <laughs>